I guess just my own experience, my own philosophy is, is to lead with transparency. So if, if the individual's performance is not where it should be, I should already be having those conversations to, to do my job as, as that person's manager to coach them, um, you know, up, um, you know, with, with, within their role. So why are we here? Why are we having this conversation? And make it very clear. Here is, here is the goal. Here is where you should be performing. Here is reality. And here's what I'm going to do as your manager to help kind of um, eliminate that gap and get you where you should be. But I think you can only have that conversation and that respect and trust with the right transparency. Welcome to Problem Performers, a podcast about professionals who challenge the status quo at work. I'm Rebecca Weaver. And yes, I too have been labeled a problem performer at least once or twice in my career. But looking back, I know where it is a badge of honor. In fact, all the most interesting people I know have earned this label at some point. In reality, these are the people who challenge their workplaces to be better and do better. I think we should all aspire to be problem performers in our work lives, because the only way to make real change is by shaking things up. So let's get started. Well, here we are with our first episode, actually, of the Problem Performers podcast. And I am Rebecca Weaver. I am super excited to be here with Chris Rudder, one of our HR Uprise coaches. Chris, how are you? I am fantastic. I'm spending my afternoon with you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being a part of this. Before we get started, we have some really cool stuff to talk about. But before we dive into that, Chris, why don't you tell everybody just a little bit about yourself, your background, and maybe even how you found HR Uprise? Yeah, absolutely. I'm Chris Rutter. Um, I use he, him pronouns. Um, I have been in HR for just over 16 years. Um, and, and I really um, have a vast um, or interesting background, right? So I, I've worked and led teams in a wide variety of industries, such as distribution, software development, security, communications, and healthcare. Born and raised in Columbus, Ohio. Um, my entire family, all my friends are back there. Um, I say that because my husband and I just relocated to Portland, Maine um, in January um, of this year um, with our two rescue dogs, and we, we could not be happier. You know, everyone was, was was nervous for us because we moved out here with, with no connections, no family, no friends or anything, and it has just been the best decision ever. Um, so we're happy to be here. I can go on with my HR background for a long time, but maybe that can be another podcast <laughs> talking about how we got into this world of HR. But um, you you mentioned um, HR Uprise and, you know, just what you're doing with HR Uprise just really speaks to me both personally and professionally that when I found out about the opportunity to join as a, a coach, I jumped at it. Um, you know, I, I've been in companies where I knew things weren't going the way they should be going, but the person that I would need to go to as an HR professional, I didn't trust, right? So like I'm stuck. Like, what do I do? Um, you know, is, is it worth risking my career? Worth risking my position there? So, I, I ended up doing nothing because of that risk, which just was too great. Um, so, so knowing that you've built this community of HR professionals that are there for the employee and only the employee, I think is groundbreaking. I think it is phenomenal. I think it's inspirational, um, and I just I really find myself kind of leaning toward leaders in the community such as yourself um, that's changing the game for 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 the employees and 
why the hell would I not want to be part of that? <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, it's fantastic. My goodness. Well, I'm like, I'm winning so the much. game right now. Hi. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I uh, honestly, this, um, one of the greatest parts of this whole endeavor, um, has been connecting with people like you, um, you know, HR professionals who, who understand, who get that, you know, there, there's much more that we need to be talking about within this yeah. profession. There's much, much more that we need to be doing some real internal work, um, and internal search. And, um, truly it's, it's been one of the greatest blessings of this entire endeavor, um, has been connecting with people like you. So thank you so much for that. Um, okay. So today we are going to break down, there's an article recently in the Seattle times, uh, by Catherine Ann Long. So if people will put some links to the article in the show notes, um, but I thought this was super fascinating and the perfect yeah. topic to get, to get us started. So the article title is titled Amazon tells bosses to conceal when employees are on a performance management plan. Um, and so for obvious reasons that caught our attention as two HR professionals, <laughs> <bit>. right? <laughs> Um, so first and foremost, um, let me give you a really quick synopsis, um, of, of this particular article and what the issue is. Um, so what they found was they looked into some HR documents from Amazon, um, and uncovered a couple of things. Um, first of all, their performance management plans, they call focus, um, and they refer to it as almost like a program, um, they also uncovered, interestingly, um, Amazon has a goal of 6%, what they call unregretted attrition, right? So in HR, we're familiar with the term regrettable attrition. And so we can dive into that as well. But they have a goal of unregretted attrition of 6%, meaning they those would be terminations that are coming from people who are on focus. So we're going to talk about that too. Um, and the last part though, which is where this um, headline came from is that managers shouldn't tell people when they're on focus unless they're asked directly. So <laughs> with all of that, Chris, give me like, what was your initial reaction to reading this? So I probably read this article at least three times because the first time I read it, I'm like, what the hell? Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I, I think my initial reaction was, um, wow, what a way to set up your employees to truly fail. Um, you know, why don't we have a leadership team that is truly there for the employee? Um, you know, maybe this employee isn't performing at his or her or, or their job because it's not the right fit. So is it necessarily a PIP or a performance improvement plan? Or could we have another conversation of finding a better fit or the right fit for that employee? Um so um, it did some eye rolling, some shaking of the head, some <laughs> yeah. WTF. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> so just all the sure. all the HR kind of red flags. Yeah. So what's interesting, um, and I didn't think about this until you just said that. Um, so they used a direct quote. So I'm going to assume this is how Amazon refers to it um, as a performance management plan rather than a performance improvement plan, yeah. which is the term I've always been um familiar with a PIP, right? Or a performance improvement plan. Um, so even the the title um, suggests that they're not as interested in improvement as they are in just managing people yeah. and their performance, interestingly enough. Um, 
Yeah. So I get this question. So let's break it down first for people who aren't as familiar, because I do get this question pretty frequently. Um, is the performance improvement plan a kiss of death? Like if I got written up on a performance improvement plan, is that the kiss of death within an organization? Um, so first let's talk about what they are. Um, what I've always said, and let's see if your, your definition is similar, but I've always said to people is that this is like the company's formal documentation that, that they want to have in place typically before they fire somebody for performance. Right. Um, and so when people ask this question about, is it the kiss of death? What I will typically tell them is I certainly have seen people who have been on a performance improvement plan and then they move off of it, right? Their sure. impor- improvement performs uh, or excuse me, their performance improves. Um, and they go on to be very successful within that organization. But in my experience, that's been pretty unusual, right? To see that happening. And so what I tell people is like, if you're getting written up on a performance improvement plan, my best advice is start looking for an opportunity somewhere else. Right. Start brushing up that resume, start getting, because essentially what you've been given is a timeline that the company is going to be working with now. Exactly. Um, the, and, and so keep in mind, like you now, you now have kind of a window to start working in. What's your advice to people? Yeah, so I, I think it, it's, it's pretty similar to yours. I, I think, you know, when, when a PIP or a performance management plan is in place, it, it truly is that, that, that documentation is that legal documentation that is going to minimize the risk for the hire manager, but also for the organization. Um, I think that well, in my experience, it's been very rare that I've seen somebody kind of survive um, that performance management plan or that PIP and turn it around. I think for me, what is a really uh, telltale sign is the um, the time frame in which the PIP is put in place, right? Mm-hmm. So typically, in my experience, I've seen thirty, sixty, ninety days. Yep. If you're in a if you're placed on a PIP for thirty days, like they want you out, right? Yes, because yep. it is incredibly difficult for somebody to turn around their performance within sixty or ninety days certainly almost nearly impossible to turn around in 30 days, right? Yeah. So yep. I, I think that's one piece of advice I would always give individuals is what is that time frame? Yep. Um, and I think that'll that'll tell you what you should be doing next. But same thing. Um, uh, my advice for for employees is when you're replacing that PIP, yes, you should always be thinking about plan B immediately. We'll be right back. If you run a small business or are scaling up a startup, you may not have the budget to hire a seasoned HR expert with years of experience. But even small businesses have big HR needs. We're here to help with HR for HR, a mentorship service from HR Uprise that supports managers in young organizations who are taking on HR tasks for the first time. Our coach can help with any issue your new HR manager might run into from compliance to staff training to harassment. They'll have ongoing access to the seasoned expertise of their HR Uprise coach. And you will have the peace of mind of knowing that your HR manager has the support they need to succeed. Find out more today at hruprise.com. That's H-R-U-P-R-I-S-E.com. I want to talk about the the term uh, regrettable attrition and unregretted attrition is the term that was used in this article. Talk a little bit about you know, how do you view the terms regrettable attrition and, and unregretted attrition in this case? 
Yeah, I, I, I got to say, that it was one of the, the moments where I was shaking my head when I was reading the unregretted attrition. Um, I honestly, I've, I've, I've never heard that that concept. Obviously, mm. I know what it means, right? You're just, these are individuals that you want to to leave the organization, whether it's on their own or you're going to force them out. Yeah. Um, so that, that word just kind of weighs heavily on me, um, yeah. just the, the negative connotation and the fact that they have this um, per the article, this 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 known goal and expectation of their leaders to have this certain percentage of individuals to be unregretted um, attrition um, yeah. was was kind of a tough pill to swallow because you look at somebody like Amazon at uh, being this global leader of an organization, and um, I think a lot of us, myself included, I, I I think of organizations such as Amazon, you know, kind of leading the way. Um, with with leadership, with different initiatives, priorities, et cetera, whether or not it works for you and your organization. But these are organizations that I think help create the standard. And this is not a standard that, uh, that I can be comfortable with. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those terms I realized that, you know, when I worked for larger organizations, the term regrettable attrition is what we used. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those concepts within HR that, you know, when I was kind of coming up with an HR and, and learning sort of the rules, it was something I didn't really question. It was, you know, this measurement that we would use, you know, is this regrettable attrition or not? Meaning um, typically it's like your high performers um, or yeah. high potential people, right? When, when one of them leaves, um, you count that as regrettable tr- attrition. Right. Um, and so that's understandable, right? Um, you know, uh, sometimes people reach the point, an employee would reach the point that they decide to move on and both the company and the employee go like, yeah, this is probably best for us both, right? Um, and so that's something there where you would say not necessarily regrettable attrition. So that's the definition, mm-hmm. like typically from a company's perspective. Um <clears throat> But the idea of unregretted attrition uh, and and measuring that, um, I find really fascinating um, and yeah. a real peek into, um, you know, how you view your workforce. Um, it's from what I understand, you know, I've read quite a bit about, um, you know, the philosophy of um, Amazon as an organization, but also, you know, that coming directly from Jeff Bezos um, that... Um, it's just a very um, metrics-driven, you know, very, very um, high-performing, you know, measurement at all costs um, right. kind of environment. Um, and so it makes sense that that would be one of their measurements um, is, all right, so how many people um, are not performing to our standards and how many people are we, you know, then working out of the organization? It comes, it brings to mind, um, you know, many, many years ago, um, the forced rankings, right, system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, of course, that's considered to be really old practice and not modern people practices. But, you know, it was held as the gold standard for years, many years ago. Um, and this came um, from all... Um, indications came directly from uh, Jack Welsh, who was the CEO for General Electric. Um, and they had this practice where they would literally rank their employees, you know, from a one to whatever. Um, and they worked out or fired the bottom 10% of the workforce every year. 
Um, and that was their forced ranking system. Their theory being, you know, this will continue to help us raise the bar and, you know, will continue to keep us, um, you know, in top performing shape, et cetera, et cetera. You know, the problem is like you could have a team um, that are all performing very much to your expectations, right? Um, and even above that, say like, hey, we have a super high performing team. In fact, isn't that kind of what you're trying to create, right? <laughs> is a team where everybody um, is performing and, um, you know, working together, um, creating a great environment for each other. And yet they they were literally forced uh, to work out the bottom 10% um, of their workforce every year. So that was the, the forced ranking system that GE made famous. And again, it really was considered to be um, the, the gold standard for decades. And I, I think I, I go back to to the article um, and that uh, that six percent unregretted attrition, and just walking away with more questions than I did truly understanding what what they were um, expecting their leaders to do. And um, you know, we, we already mentioned this a little bit, but I'm thinking that 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 six percent population maybe they're not in the right fit, maybe they're not in the right position. So I'm thinking all these these these, these questions of can we talk to these employees to find out, you know, what are their strengths? What are their opportunities? And finding one of the probably thousands of open positions across the globe for Amazon that would be a better fit. Um, and don't get me wrong. I, I know there's always a problem children, right? The, the, the problem performers that that it's just not a good fit. Um, but I just, I found myself asking way more questions than I did understanding like why they're doing this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how many times have we seen have we seen this scenario play out um, where you know somebody's just not the right fit for a role? Right. Um, and especially my experience has been with big companies. You have the people that you consider to be the corporate athlete, right? Um, and and we would use that term that like this is somebody who is a high potential. Um, you know, as we have labeled them and marked them, um, but the high potentials they should be able to be able to slot into pretty much any role. Um, and, you know, I've worked for companies that literally said that, you know, we should be able to put them in any role. We'll give them some support and additional training that they need, but like, they're going to be successful in any role that they have. And the reality is like, that's just, just not the case. Um, right. there are not, there are some roles that are just not the perfect fit for someone. Um, and so, yeah. So what do we do then? So the person becomes, labeled a problem, right? Or their performance mm -hmm. is marked as, you know, less than, um, less than expectation. Yep. And then all of a sudden, you know, do they get moved to another role? Cause most, ex you know, my experience has been most companies also have a rule that you don't get to move to a new role if you are labeled as you know, having problem performance. And this article talks about that too, that there were a number of people that didn't even know they were on focus yeah. until they put in a request to move to a new role and were told that they were restricted because they were on focus. That's how they found out. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing that, that kind of blew my mind going back, just staying with the concept, I, I guess, with finding the right position for the right person in their organization. If I'm on a PIP with Amazon, you know, I might have that 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 internalization conversation with myself, where it's like, okay, I've I've now realized this is not a good fit for me in this role. Really, am passionate about the organization. Let me find something better yeah. that works with my skill set. And and now I'm stuck because I'm on this this pip and I can't move anywhere. For right. I don't know what what your experience is, Rebecca, but but mine has always been, um, 
on the low end, six months, but historically a year. Yeah. And with a company as fast moving as Amazon or some of the other big companies I've worked with, like that can be an eternity, you know, opportunities come and go um, so quickly. Um, You know, that can be, you know, truly career stalling, if not career killing, you know, for an organization like that. Right. And then you're going to be there asking asking yourself, okay, do I, do I wait it out a year, hoping and praying that, you know, I I turn around my performance to meet their expectations or do I just bounce because it, it's going to happen um, one way or the other where yeah. you know, I leave on my own or they're going to ask me to, to leave in the next yeah. 60 days. Absolutely. Yeah. There, there's an organization that I, um, I worked at for about six years um, a, a while ago. And every year we would do the performance evaluations, right? And every year there would be that five to 10% of the population that was does not meet and our task as the HR business partner was to then go out to those leaders of those individuals of that five to ten percent, and if they were um, a, a manager position, uh, work with that that manager to put them on a PIP, yep. or if it was below a manager, um, work to put them on some type of corrective action. Yep. And that was that was our task every single year. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, these are all the things that are, again, considered like really good people practices, especially for Mm -hmm. larger organizations, right? You have to have some of these systems in place when you're talking about, you know, thousands, tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands of employees. Um, You have to have some consistency in how you deal with these things. So I do understand that to to a degree, but... um, But honestly, you know, I think about how demoralizing these this can be. Um, yeah. It was just, it was, it was so prescriptive year yeah. after year. It's like, okay, here's your population performance amount with the right documentation instead yeah. of saying that conversation of, is this the right fit? Is there something yeah. better out there for you, et cetera. Yeah. So it was just, it was so black and white, um, which is not how HR should be operating. Totally. Totally. So, Let's then let's kind of go back and look at this from a manager's perspective. If you're a manager and you are told by HR, well, number one, you have to put this person on a PIP, right? Um, look, what's your advice to the manager in that situation? If the if HR came and told me to put this person on a PIP, yeah. um, Goodness. So I, I guess just my own experience, my own philosophy is is to lead with transparency. So if if the individual's performance is not where it should be, I should already be having those conversations to to do my job as as that person's manager to coach them, um, you know, up, um, you know, with, with within their role. So uh, first, I would I would ask myself, is this request legit, right? And it, if it is legit, let's just go with that. If it is legit, then you know I, I would get the right documentation um, um, compiled um, with a, a great deal of examples as to you know wh- why are we here, why are we having this conversation, and make it very clear. Here is here is the goal. Here is where you should be performing. Here is reality, and here's what I'm going to do as your manager to help kind of um, eliminate that gap and get you where you should be. But I think you can only have that conversation and that respect and trust with the right transparency, yeah. um, which I think is is missing from the article um, that I was reading. Um, I, I don't think that transparency was there. I think it was kind of let's let's be a little hush hush on 
the formality of, of why Rebecca, we're having this conversation about coaching right now mm-hmm. um, as, as a manager and, and, and an employee. So I think, um, I think that's how I would have to approach it because, you know, whether my team performs well or, or, or not well is a direct reflection on me. Um, so I had to take full ownership and accountability of that. Gosh, I could not agree more with that. Um, and I wish more managers really took that on, you know, um, if, They're tough conversations, have, right? I mean, yeah. you and I have had several hundreds of them, right? And it's just a matter of going in there with the right mindsets and knowing that I want you to succeed. Yeah. How can I help you do that? Yes. And even further, if you're not succeeding, my first question is going to be to myself. And yep. that is, what have I not done to help set you up for success? Right. Right. That internal reflection. And, and it's that part that I, I wish I saw more. Um, for managers, you know, and and, and let's be, you know, honest about it. You know, if if we're putting one of our employees on a PIP, it's a lot of work for the manager too, if it's being done correctly, right? Because you're going to have these, these normal check-ins, you're going to have these hopefully additional coaching opportunities. um, Because again, you want the individual to be successful. Um, So it's, it's a big ask on both sides for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think as a manager, I would have a really, really hard time um, you know, operating in an environment, you know, if I was told to keep it quiet, um, that, you know, my, my employee was on a performance improvement plan. Um, I would have, I would have a really hard time operating in that environment because it really should, if it's truly meant to be improvement, then, you know, um, that should be an ongoing dialogue that we have all the time that we are talking about discussing all the time. Um, so, so let's, let's kind of wrap this up with, um, you know, our final kind of um, advice for employees. Um, so we've talked about like, if you're put on a performance improvement plan, um, you know, number one, our, our number one advice is it's probably time to start looking for another job. Um, yes. And, Always have plan B in your back pocket. Yes, exactly. Um, <clears throat> I'd also love to, to chat about um, what some of our advice is for employees who find themselves in that situation, like in terms of their own documentation. I mean, we talk to managers about documenting conversations, but yeah. what's our advice for employees um, in terms of documenting for themselves as they go through that process? Yeah, that, that's a fantastic question. So my, my first piece of advice, um, and, and, and I'll get there, I promise you, with my, with my thought about what an employee should do is, first, I, I do not think an employee should ever sign on the spot, right? Yes. Because if, if you pull me into an office and you're telling me that I'm being placed on a PIP, I'm going to stop listening immediately after that and just start just thinking about in my mind, like, what did I do wrong? Where did I screw up? Oh my God, I'm going to lose my job, et cetera, et cetera. So I think my first advice, do not sign on the spot. Um, that, that should not be a requirement um, of you to do so. Take that document back. Really, really understand what it's telling you, where your opportunities are, and make sure that you have a very clear understanding of what that action plan is going to be. And yeah. do you really believe that action plan is going to set you up to be successful? Yep. Um, and if not, you ask as many questions as you need to um, until you get a good understanding, knowing that at this point, the document's not going to go away, right? Yep. Yep. So making sure that you understand what is expected of you, how it's going to be measured, and, you know, is it truly actionable, right? So just really understanding and asking those questions um, and making sure that you're on the same page 
um, with your manager going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. I think the, I think it's a really important point. Um, and I think this is maybe something that's a little bit misunderstood sometimes, um, which is that like, if, if you are in that situation, if your boss is putting that, you know, sliding that piece of paper across the table saying that, you know, this is your performance improvement plan, um, that it doesn't necessarily require your signature for it to be right. Yeah, good call. Right, valid, right? <clears throat> Absolutely. It doesn't necessarily require your agreement <laughs> for it to still be in place. However, um, I, I do think that it's important, number one, yes, as you said, like to really understand what's there um, and to to really spend some time reflecting. Ask your manager for a follow-up um, if mm-hmm. you can. Make sure that that is included in the action plan as well at our multiple check-in points. Um, and then along the way, the other thing I would recommend too is that employees do your own documentation. So it does not have to be um, really elaborate or anything like that. I would say, number one, do it on a personal computer or a personal email account rather than your work. Um, and it can be as simple as like emailing yourself notes, yep. you know, here are the things I did today, or, <laughs> you know, here are the, here are the conversations that I had today. Here's what my boss said. Here's what I said. Um, you know, it can be a super simple like that with a date and time. Um, but again, keep it on your own keep it on your personal. Um, cause especially if you're on a performance improvement plan, um, even with that timeline, if it's 30, 60, 90 days, it's also possible. I've seen this happen, um, where, um, it can be less time than that and that the company will yeah. move to make things happen much quicker. Um, which means you'll lose access to files. You have your work email. Um, you know, you'll lose access to that stuff can be sometimes without warning. Um, which is yeah. why I would say, Take the time now, you know. Yeah, I do think what one you of the things you you mentioned, Rebecca, is is the, those those follow up meetings. You know, yeah. whether it's 30, 60, 90 days, get a good understanding um, of of when you walk away from that conversation, who is going to set up those follow up meetings, right? Yeah. Just make sure they get on the calendar. Yep. And I would also, if if it makes sense, um, everything you said about the documentation is is so spot on and, and just something that should be taking place. Um, I always encourage the manager as part of my expectation when you're going through these coaching conversations is at the end of the conversation, when the meeting's over, recap the conversation in an email and send it to the employee. So you're both on the same page. If your manager is not doing that, then you as an employee, I would recommend you do that. Yes. Yes. I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, you know, you send, do a recap of the conversation and send it to your boss saying, this was what our conversation, here's a recap from my perspective of this conversation. Um, you know, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And send that one on your work email. Um, but make sure you get a copy of that too. Yes, absolutely. All right. Anything else that you would advise, um, someone who's in this position? Um, I, I think if you're in this position, um, this is a um, a really good opportunity to to plug HR Uprise, right? <laughs> yes. So you know when you're when you find your if you find yourself in this situation and you just you need to talk about what are my options, what should I say, what should I not say, what should I do next? This is this is why HR Uprise was was created, right? Because exactly. you have this library, if you will, of HR professionals that are just waiting for you to reach out to us so we can help you, right? Because when you reach out to us, your organiz- we have no skin in the game for your organization. Like we are there 100% for you 
um, to talk it out. So I, I think it's, this is why I think one of the reasons why you created HR Uprise. That's exactly right. Exactly right. We say we created HR Uprise to be HR for the employees, not the company. Yes. Yep. So you get you get the opportunity to take advantage of this wealth of knowledge um, that you know our HR professionals have. Um, but again, they're there solely for you um, and to help you work through what options you have. You know, give you some advice, kind of um, like we've done today. Um, but you get it personalized to your own situation. Um, so yes, thank you for that. I think that's perfect. Yeah. And then the only other last thing I would say is, as an employee. Uh, always put yourself first because no one else is going to at the organization. That is always one piece of advice that I always give everybody is put yourself first. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I love that. Well, Chris, thank you so much. Thank you so much for breaking this down. It was always a blast hanging out with you. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Um, Well, where can people find you if they want to connect with you? online. Yeah. So, um, definitely LinkedIn. Um, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Um, so just search for, um, Chris Rutter, R-U-T-T-E-R on LinkedIn. And, um, I am, um, pretty, um, easily accessible on, on Instagram as well. So my handle on Instagram is, uh, I'm Chris Rutter. So I am, and then Chris Rutter. Awesome. I would love to connect with everyone. Awesome. And then we will put a link to your HR Uprise um, coach profile in the show notes as well. If people want to connect with you as a coach. Wonderful. Awesome. All right. Well, take care. Thank you again. Yeah. Have a great weekend. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Problem Performers is a production of HR Uprise Media, part of an organization built around a single question. What if you could have HR that works for you rather than your boss? Well, now you can with your own HR Uprise coach. Get affordable, confidential advice from an experienced HR pro who works only for you. Learn more at hruprise.com. That's H-R-U-P-R-I-S-E.com. And hey, employers, we've got you covered too. HR Uprise provides independent investigations, harassment prevention training, private employee coaching, and much more. Find us online at hruprise.com or email us at hello at hruprise.com. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.